Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how you doing today? Awesome, awesome. It's the start of the football weekend. Uh, you, you know I'm addicted to football when I'm excited about things like Panthers versus Texans. I mean, that's that's it's pretty sad. I think my psychiatrist would say that's pretty sad. There's some limitations there as far as the Alabama players, too. That, uh, I mean, Christian, uh, Christian Miller, I know that he got released and then he ended up on right. the Steelers, but I don't think he's on the Steelers anymore. I didn't see him getting released or anything, but I didn't see him on the roster when I went and looked. Um, Deontay Brown, reserve yep. offensive lineman, Thomas Fletcher's on the, uh, on the injured reserve. And then you got, uh, Mark Ingram and then Shaheem Carter, I think is on the practice squad for the, for the Texans. What a oh, story. What a so, story. You know, gosh, what's a, what's a great story. I mean, shy was a coach. He was on our support staff. He was, he was going to be uh, a support staff. What I call the assistant assistant coaches at Alabama He's here preparing for the season, and then the Houston Texans call him, uh, and, and he leaves his coaching position in Alabama. So that Zeb Nolan, that quarterback at South Carolina, the GA that became their their uh, their quarterback, uh, we got our, we got our own Zeb Nolan story with Shaq Carter. Yeah, and he's it's with a professional team, and not only did he get invited back, he ended up being able to stick around in the practice squad. So it wasn't like he was just a camp body. I mean. He ended up, you know, doing enough to be able to stick around a little bit longer in the NFL. From what we've heard with, 
you know, the way that Nick Saban views him and has talked about him in the past, that coaching position is going to be waiting on him whenever he finishes up his finishes up his playing career. When if that's this year, next year, ten years from now, I don't know. Uh, it'll be waiting on him, ready to go. And I think he's going to end up being a very good football coach one of these days. Um, so that's that's definitely cool. It, it, Mark Ingram, you know, going into the season, you had like David Johnson in that backfield. Um, I'm trying to think of all the guys. Uh, Philip Lindsay, you got him in that backfield. I just I was kind of hoping, you know, Mark wasn't there, but he's gotten plenty of touches and actually had a pretty good week one. So maybe we'll get to see, you know, 15, 20 carries out of him tonight, and maybe he can do something with it. Cause outside of Mark Ingram, that he's the only Alabama player that's going to be kind of featured and play any sort of significant role on tonight's game. That's right. Super gump. Mark Ingram, nobody, nobody waves the flag for Alabama better than uh, better than Mark Ingram. He uh, he lo- he loves he loves Alabama. It, it, it's it's interesting because I view Glenn Coffee as the first kind of. Now, granted, you had um, Terry Grant. You know, he was involved early too. But you had Glenn Coffee. I kind of view him as the first Nick Saban back at the University of Alabama, just because he was the first kind of big time back. Ended up being a third round pick. But when you start talking about national championships and things like that, Mark Ingram was the first guy that you think of because he was the running back during that national championship winning season in 2009. Ended up winning the Heisman that year and being Alabama's first ever Heisman winner. And so that really is what started getting the dynasty rolling. Um, So always been a big Mark Ingram fan. I know you have too. So we wish him luck tonight. What we're going to be talking about today is things that we want to see on Saturday from Alabama. And we're going to go back and forth. We each, I think, have four or five of them where we can kind of bounce back and forth and, and, and work our way through them. But Southern Miss, there's not a whole lot to break down from an X's and O's standpoint, from Alabama facing off against them. Not, not much, you know, to, to, to talk about or go off of, but it will be fun to kind of see what sort of things you're looking for on Saturday as far as, you know, whether that be setting themselves up in the future um, or or what. But we'll go ahead and dive right in, and I'll let you start. What's the first thing that you want to see on Saturday from Alabama? Uh, I'm called the return of the chunk play on offense. Uh, there hasn't been uh, an off – and I'm not talking about scoring 70 points. I'm just talking about singular plays where Alabama – uh, makes a huge chunk of, of yardage on one offensive snap. I don't care if it's a run. As a matter of fact, I think I might almost prefer it's a run. But uh, a run or a pass, a trick play, just anything where Alabama can eat up 40, 50, 60 yards in a single snap. It didn't happen at all versus Florida. It didn't happen enough versus Mercer. Uh, I think it was such a huge part of what Alabama did really, really well in 2020. So I think uh, what I would like to see Saturday, uh, even if it's just one of them, but, you know, it'd be nice. It would be more fun if it was several. But the return of the chunk play, the return of the big pass, the big throw, the downfield throw, the, the screen that goes 70 yards, a running playoff tackle or between the tackles that goes for 50, 60 yards, just a return of the chunk play would make me feel a lot better about where this football team is headed. It's interesting that you bring that up because what I want to see, uh, one of the things that I listed, it fits right along with that. Um, it, it's not necessarily, yeah, of course, you want to see the explosive plays return, but how, you, in my opinion, one of the solutions here is I want to see JoJo Earl get more involved this week. More importantly, I want to see him get more involved next week because, you know, the, the seven catches for 85 yards against Mercer, that was great. 
Um, but against top 25 opponents, Alabama's now played two of them. Uh, JoJo Earl has three catches, you know, on five or six targets. It's gone for like 43 yards, and that's the only sort of impact outside of, you know, some punt return stuff that we've seen out of him. And if you're looking for explosive plays, this guy is who you need. You know, he didn't have the elite top-end speed, maybe of a, a Jalen Waddle or an, a Henry Ruggs III. I think he's a lot more in line with, you know, a Jerry Judy who's still really fast or a Devontae Smith who's still really fast. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think from his explosiveness, from the fact that he's kind of a, a quick twitch athlete, I think you get the football in his hands and let him go to work. He's going to do a lot of good things for you. And he can turn, you know, the, those short, you know, quick passes into huge gains and turn, you know, a, a 10 yard out into a, a 30 or 40 yard gain. And so I really want to see Alabama make a conscious effort to get him more involved in the passing game. Yeah, I think that's really related to the to that number one thing on my list because JoJo Earl is is a big play waiting to happen with his skill set. I mean, that's exactly what a JoJo Earl is going to deliver. No one's going to uh, uh, accuse him of being a possession receiver or a guy that's going to move the chains on third and six. No, JoJo is a big play dude, and uh, and we do need to get him the ball. He needs to be a featured part of the offense and not a novelty. But the uh, second thing I would like to see. Clint, which is which is a little related. We'll, we'll stick with the offense. Alabama does face one challenge. I know Southern Miss is not good. They're just not good. Uh, they 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 weren't really that competitive against South Alabama and Troy. I think Alabama's going to have a few more dudes than South Alabama and Troy. So Southern Miss isn't good, but they are good at one thing. They were really good against the run in all three games they played. Uh, Coach Saban mentioned this on his press conference. It was something that I noticed from going over the st- the, the the box scores of their first three games. Southern Miss uh, apparently has a good run-stopping scheme, and they have enough guys in their front seven to cause you problems in terms of running a ball. So, And since that's a challenge for Alabama this weekend, what I would like to see is Alabama actually establish a solid, productive run game against a group that's actually pretty good at it. Uh, and, and Alabama didn't really do that so much against Florida. I think B-Rob had a pretty nice game. Uh, he, his, his effort was helpful, but I sure would like to see Alabama rush for something like 150 yards. Doesn't have to be 250, but, you know, rush for something like 150 yards, have productive, good yard per carry games from like three backs, from like B-Rob and Jace and maybe a Trey Sanders just be more productive in the run game. That will show us a lot, Clint, because Southern Miss is actually pretty good against the run. So, so that's what I like to see Saturday, though. You know, beat them at their strength. Let's run the ball. You can run it against Southern Miss. You got something to build on uh, in future weeks. Completely agree, and, and I'm right there with you as far as you know. Southern Miss has the number three ranked run defense in the country. I think overall they're like just outside the top 10, but that run defense has certainly been the strong suit of uh, what's otherwise been a pretty poor Southern Miss team this year. And, and it's the first thing that Nick Saban brings up. He, he finds his way to the offensive side of the football, and he talks about that freshman quarterback and that sophomore quarterback they have, and he talks about Frank Gore Jr. a little bit, and he really tries to figure out ways to praise the offense. But the first thing that he jumps to is the defensive side of the football because that's where you know Southern Miss is – competitive. Um, and, and I do think that that fits perfectly with uh, something else that I want to see. The second thing I want to see 
And that is, I want to see more production, positive production from the right tackle position. I don't know who that's going to come from. I think you end up seeing multiple guys this week. If Alabama handles their business like they should, you should be able to get into that depth and see Damian George and see J.C. Latham. You know, but Chris Owens is going to continue to be the starter. At least I think he's going to. And I would love to see not just a lot of production from from the right tackle position, but with you talking about that stout run defense that Southern Miss is going to be bringing to the table, be able to establish the run game. And I want to see the offensive line consistently get a push. You know, I saw it a couple of times against Florida, but overall Florida's defensive front seven uh, really handled and controlled Alabama's offensive line for a majority of that football game. So you want to see them kind of, you know, return. They're never probably going to be that, you know, dominant run blocking offensive line that we've seen in the past. But this is the type of performance and game where you can start to see them actually be able to, you know, if they want to get four yards, they can get four yards. If they want to establish, you know, success on first and second down, they can certainly do that by pounding the rock inside, off tackle, however you want to go about it. Um, Would definitely want to see that. Next thing on my list it's speaking of run games, you know, you got Frank Gore Jr. Southern Miss's passing game is, is just it's it's almost non-existent. I think they're averaging less than 150 passing yards per game. The quarterbacks have like two touchdowns and four interceptions between them and their three contests so far. Really, the only thing offensively that they bring to the table is Frank Gore Jr. in a pretty decent run game. Um, I want to say he's rushed for like Definitely north of 250. I think he's closing in on 300 yards rushing for the season. Plus, he's added like 70 yards as far as you know receiving. So he's well into the 300 yard mark. Um, he's averaging over 100 yards per game total. Um, but I want to see Alabama tackle better. I think that that's very important. And against a a good running back, uh, maybe not to the caliber of some of these SEC running backs that we're going to see later on in the season, a Jerion Ely or, you know, a Tank Bigsby or, or whoever, I would like to see Alabama get back to having fundamental fundamental tackling technique. And if they can do that, then I think, you know, if you can't tackle Southern Miss, you're not going to be able to tackle Ole Miss. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, so they need to have a great performance in that area. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that theme Uh what I would like, what you know, the third thing I would like to see is, you know, Southern Miss hasn't been good on offense. So this is not a good offense, like you said. So, I mean, if, if Ole Miss is an A on offense, uh, Southern Miss isn't a B. They're they're more like a D minus. They they're, they're not good beyond Frank Gore Jr. He, he's a, he's a productive back. He's a good back. He's probably, to be honest, an SEC back. I mean, he he's he's a good player. He's probably going to get a shot at the next level. Uh, he's their lone bright spot on offense. In fact, they lost their starting quarterback they're playing a couple but Trey Lowe uh the grandson of Alabama legend Woodrow Lowe Trey Lowe the third and they call him Trey because he is actually Woodrow Lowe the third uh Trey is, is hurt now for the year so Southern Miss will start true freshman tackies uh boy just not a good spot for him uh don't they're, they're just not good on offense so the third thing I want to see is they're not good. Shut them out. And, and, and by that, I don't, I don't necessarily mean throw a zero up on the scoreboard for 60 minutes. But what I mean is give them no hope. Shut them out. Say, sorry, guys, I know y'all aren't very good. And because y'all aren't very good, we're giving you nothing. Give them nothing. I want to see lots of punts, some turnovers. Only let, allow them to move the ball sporadically. Okay, we'll give Gore 
two or three decent runs because he's a good player. But I want to see our defense give up nothing because Troy gave up very little. South Alabama gave up very little. Southern Miss has scored one offensive touchdown against Troy and South Alabama combined. We should give up nothing to them. So that's what I want to see Saturday. Uh, I'm, I'm not all about piling on the outman team, but Alabama needs a confidence boost. That defense didn't play well, particularly against the run in the swamp. Play great against the run Saturday. Play great against the pass. Give them nothing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And what's interesting about that comment, against Mercer, we saw Alabama allow them to have some success on both sides of the football. You know, that fan base, I'll give Mercer a ton of credit. First of all, they had fans who traveled over from Georgia. They stuck around for the entire game. And any time Mercer did anything good, even when they got down by a ton, at the end of that game, when, when we were able to walk out on the field for the last five minutes of the game, and I was down there waiting to get on the field. I was standing right in front of their um, section. And, you know, they were doing some pretty good things, having a couple of, of good offensive plays and driving the football a little bit. And that fan base was going crazy. And even after the game, after just getting slaughtered on the scoreboard, you put up 14 points against Alabama, They their whole team walked over there, and the fan base went absolutely crazy for them because they had some success against what's supposed to be the best team in the country. Don't give Southern Miss that same – Benefit, You know, that's great for the Mercer fans. You know, in, in an ideal world, you'd love to give Southern Miss fans something to be happy about as far as when you play Alabama. But from Alabama's perspective, it's time to, you know, do what you need to do for 60 minutes. And that's another thing that I want to see. I, I couldn't exactly go down that lane this week because the starters more than likely are not going to play 60 minutes. So trying to get a 60-minute football game out of your starters – you know, preparing you for for Ole Miss and Texas A&M and, and teams like that down the road, you know, you just probably won't see that. But regardless of who's in there, you don't want to see any lulls at any point. You don't want to see Alabama's offense come out like they did against Mercer and go three and out on the first drive. You don't want to see them, you know, in the second quarter when they're up 21 to nothing or, you know, 24 to nothing or 24 to three or whatever have, you know, two consecutive three and out against a Southern, a good Southern Miss defense. But I think that you need to consistently move the football, have successful offensive drives. And then as you start to work into your depth, um, that might not sustain as much. But then you also want to see those younger guys who come in later. If they do come in, you want to see them compete at a very high level and, and really try to earn themselves some spot in the rotation for down the road or, or give fans something to be excited about as far as for the future, whether that be this year, whether that be next year, as you work into the depth, continue to maintain that level of intensity and continue to have some success both defensively and offensively. So what else you got? Yeah, I mean, we knew there would be overlap and, and thankfully uh, it sort of segued and, and you know, it, it, what, what each other would like to see. And, and along those lines, the fourth thing I would like to see is let's 
get these younger guys in earlier. I'm not asking Nick Saban to change how he's always done. I know Nick Saban's going to coach this game like he's coached all the other games he has at Alabama in his 15 seasons in Tuscaloosa. I know he's not going to get off to a big lead in the first quarter and then sit sit the starters down. He doesn't do that. He's, he's going to play his starters uh, the, the majority of the game. That's just how, how he does things. But what I would like to see is Alabama have such a big lead that comfortably, maybe in the fourth quarter, we can see a lot of these younger guys. Because what I think Alabama needs, Clint, and it's not just on offense. I know the fans will focus on that running back, receiver. But what I think Alabama needs is maybe two or three more playmakers anywhere on the team. It can be a defensive lineman. It can be a defensive back. It doesn't have to be a new wide receiver. Heck, it could even be an offensive lineman. But I think what Alabama really could use, Clint, is two or three more dudes, people that aren't really playing prominent roles now that might be playing a prominent role in November. We could give that a head start by building a big lead to the point that Nick can uh, blow the whistle and say, all right, put in the backups, and, and two or three guys start emerging that will become playmakers at any position with the first team. Because while we do have a lot of talent on the team, and this team is good enough to contend all year, I felt at Florida, sometimes I have this saying that if you're two plays short, you're two players short. And by that, there just needs to be two or three more guys somewhere in the starting 22 or somewhere that, that come off the bench and play with the first team that can make something happen, offensively or defensively. I would like to see that start this weekend by getting those guys in the game uh, as early as possible. And, you know, speaking of that, uh, I would love to see more leadership. You know, I'm sure there are leaders on the team right now, but from what we've seen, Will Anderson Jr. stepping up this past week when he was doing his player interview and kind of saying, I think it's time that we get in the film room more together you know, we start taking this a lot more seriously. This needs to become what everybody is about. That's the first sign that I've seen of a, of a player stepping up and saying, this is what we need to do, and, and we're going to do it. Um, that was showing leadership qualities, in my opinion. If you look back at Jonathan Allen and, and Deron Payne and a lot of those guys, they had great leadership qualities. And, and you know, Sean Robinson was another one. They talked and people stopped and listened. Other players stopped and listened. And, you, and that might be happening behind the scenes, but it's just something that we haven't seen. So I would love to see a little bit more of that. And against Southern Miss, when you might have some guys who, despite you know the, the struggles last week, might not be taking things as seriously this week as they need to because it's Southern Miss, I would love to see somebody step up and really take control and demand more out of not only themselves, but their teammates. Because once you start getting that, you know that you've, you know, the, the talent can only take you so far. It's something that you have to have. You need to have good coaching, but leadership and, and chemistry on a roster. I would love to start seeing that. I mean, Alabama's receivers a couple of years ago, they were playing paper, rock, scissors to figure out who was going to score. That's having fun. That's guys that are that are great friends. They're figuring out a fun way to not only – they know that they're going to be good. They know that they're going to be productive. They want to have fun with it and figure out creative ways to have fun with it. And you knew um, – the. I mean, your confidence has to be oozing when you're playing paper, rock, scissors to figure out who gets to score the touchdown. And I would just like to see them ha- not only have more fun but show a little bit more leadership – have some guys step up. I think that'd be great. As far as the final thing from me, and this is the one of the biggest ones, and I, I've wrote about this. I wrote about it yesterday. I talked about it a little bit this morning. 
on the the Daily 10 episode of the Bama on three show, but that is cut down on penalties. It needs to happen. In week one, Nick Saban talked about, you know, following that game, hey, we really need to cut down on penalties. They had eight in that game. What happens the next week? They have nine, so they have more. He brings it up again. Hey, we really need to cut down on penalties. They go into the swamp this past weekend. They have 11 penalties. They have 28 through three games, which ranks, you know, down there, I think, at like 121st in the country as far as penalties, total penalties through three games, and they've got to start fixing that. And it's like Nick Saban said when he was discussing it yesterday. It's the, the lack of focus, lack of discipline types of penalties that need to get solved first. When you're having tons of guys with false starts, with offsides, with you know delay of game penalties, you got to start eliminating those things, and then you can start working on the pass interference. And you know you could be doing both simultaneously, but the priority needs to be, hey, let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. If you're out there competing and you get a little handsy with somebody and you get called for for pass interference, we can live with that. It's not good, but you're out there competing. But when you're out there not focusing and you don't know what the snap count is, or you don't, you know, you're struggling to communicate as far as an offense, um, which is, you know, the first thing that you need to be able to do, whether it's defensively or offensively, is communicate. When you're struggling with those things, that's a lack of discipline and a lack of focus, and you've got to get those things fixed first. So I would love to be able to see Alabama make some sort of improvement in that area. The environment won't be hostile. It's, it's going to be at home uh, in Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's going to be against Southern Miss. But they need to come out of this game with five or less penalties, in my opinion. I like it, and uh, no doubt. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it, it almost cost us in the swamp. It's certainly going to cost you later in a close game when you have, you know, it, when it's, you know, third and third and eight's bad enough, third and 13, it's, it starts getting real tough. And uh, just the loss of five yards to overcome, uh, that can be a draft killer. And a draft killer these days, it just gives some high-powered offense an extra possession. So, yeah, I, I like that, but – the fifth and final thing uh, that, that I would like to see Saturday has to do with Bryce. Um, you know, it, it's 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 kind of crazy that we talk about Heisman trophies in September. And frankly, Cecil Hurd has, has brought up this point, which is so good. It's you don't really want to be the favorite in September because for whatever reason, reason Heisman voters seem to get bored with the favorite. The favorite ha- has his game picked apart. Maybe the favorite gets judged a little more harshly. Than, uh, than, than others in the race. But that said, uh, in the modern Heisman race, uh, who's going to win it will start with highly productive quarterbacks of playoff contenders, and, uh, and, and that's, that's Bryce. So what I would like to see from Bryce is just in a performance which uh, keeps him in it. Uh, he's not going to play 60 minutes. He's not going to throw 32 times against Southern Miss, most likely. Most likely, we're not going to see Bryce, but maybe two and a half quarters. And during some of that time, Alabama will be attempting to run the ball. So we're not going to see a a, a big number from Bryce in terms of completions and attempts. So thus, probably not even a lot of yards. So to not hurt himself in the Heisman race, what I would like to see from Bryce Saturday is something really efficient. Very few incompletions, no interceptions, and a good yards per attempt and yards per completion number. If I'm just going to pick numbers out of the air that I think are realistic, something like a uh, 13 of 16 for 220, you know, that's not going to make you 
Sports Center Player of the Week, it's probably not even going to make him SEC Player of the Week considering you're playing Southern Miss. But something like a 13 out of 16 for around 200 yards, maybe three touchdowns and no interceptions, that will keep his numbers up in the stratosphere and keep him around that that first or second spot. Frankly, it will be fine with me at the end at a middle middle week next week, one week from now, Clint, that uh, the Vegas boards and whoever else has Matt Corral number one and Bryce number two, uh, and and then uh, in the head to head matchup, uh, Bryce overtakes him. I mean that that would be a lot of fun, uh, but that's what I want to see from Bryce: ultra efficient. Uh, this weekend it doesn't have to be spectacular it doesn't have to be big but it does have to be efficient that will keep him in the race i love it efficient is the correct word to use there that's exactly what you're looking for um and i think your numbers are pretty much spot on that's the type of performance that we've seen in games like this from the mac jones of the world from the two atunga valoas and so bryce needs to have that type of uh, performance and i agree that you know, I don't think he's going to have a ton of attempts. I would love to be able to see, you know, Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow be able to work their way into the football game and actually get some valuable, not just turning around and handing the football off, but slinging it around a little bit. You know, I, I know they did a lot with Jalen Milrow's legs when he came in, but I would like to see him throw the football quite a bit more. When Tua Tungvaloa used to come in, it was kind of like offense continues to operate as normal. In fact, they got more pass happy when he came in the game for Jalen Hurts late. I would like to see that just because I think it's not just about getting reps. If you're a quarterback, it's about getting throws, you know, getting your timing with your receivers, facing defenses, you know, besides the one that you're facing in practice every day and just seeing what you can put on tape because some guys are gamers too. And I would love to know if, if Jalen Milrow is going to be one of those guys or, you know, and, you know, just because he just because he doesn't in this game, if he gets the opportunity and he doesn't, it doesn't mean he's a gamer, not a gamer, but you know, it can also reveal a little bit about your quarterbacks. And, and I would love to know where Alabama is at from its depth standpoint at that position, because right now that is still a huge question mark. Nothing that we have seen outside of maybe, you know, our, our observation that if something happened to Bryce Young, it's extremely possible that Jalen Milrow would have just as likely or, you know, just as much of a chance to take over the starting job as Paul Tyson. Um, just because you get Paul coming in as the second quarterback, but he's sticking around for like a series maybe two, and then it's immediately going to Jalen Milrow. And to me, that's sending the message that the coaching staff really wants to get Jalen Milrow as many game reps as possible. And they want to, you know, keep the respect going for Paul Tyson as long as the, the situation doesn't warrant really evaluating where your depth is at at that position. So I completely agree with you. Would love to see that out of uh, – out of Bryce Young, and hopefully we're able to. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Bama on Three Show. This has been fun. I know that you know with Southern Miss, it's a night game in Brighton Any Stadium. You know, it, it's a schooling off. It's starting to feel like fall. The weather's amazing. Hopefully that continues on through the weekend. I haven't really checked that far. I probably need to. Um, and then you know, get a little Dixie Land delight. Get the crowd going a little bit. And then next week with Ole Miss, um, this is kind of the precursor for for what to expect next week. Uh, 2.30 kickoff for that game, but, you know, it is what it is. Jimmy, I appreciate you hopping on here with me. Always good talking to you. You had fantastic points today, and we'll certainly do it again soon. Oh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, thanks for everybody supporting On3 Sports, where you'll find me and Clint daily barraging you guys with content on the uh, On3 the on uh, Sports, the Bama board, uh, $10 for the whole year. Subscribe and come uh, come join the community. Absolutely. We're getting some good stuff going on over on the message boards. 
And then also, uh, if you haven't already, go hit that uh, follow button, that like button, subscribe, share it with your friends. The Bama on Three Show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. However you're listening, make sure that you're hitting the the follow button and you're sharing with your friends. We're having a blast, and we're going to continue to keep this thing going. So, once again, this has been the Bama on Three Show, and I'm your host, Clint Lamb. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.